Hey everybody, this is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles and Michelle Mission fame, inviting you to check out Security Blanket, the podcast about HBO's Insecure. Ariel Johnson and Jasmine Carroll, famed of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, sit down each and every week with Issa and Molly to go through the crazy insane adventures that they get into on this hit series. It doesn't matter if it has to deal with them dealing with Lawrence or Daniel or the Hotation or BJ's or even how do you get along with somebody named Frida. Issa and Molly are going insane every week and Ariel and Jasmine are there to make you feel comfortable getting through it like best friends do, nice and comfy under the security blanket. The podcast about HBO's Insecure, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, any place and every place that you find podcasts. Hey, you can just Google Security Blanket Podcast, and it's the first thing that come up. Show them some love. Hey, missionaries, this is Vince. Just wanted to give you a little heads up about Lynn and my conversation before the Jackie Robinson episode. We we were talking about an episode of Insecure that dealt with, let's just say, a PG-18 subject. We try to keep it about PG-13, maybe PG-15, but just to let you know, the first couple of minutes before the show starts is PG-18. So consider yourself duly warned and enjoy the show. It's actually a good thing that you came this morning because now I can go to um, Ariel tonight to record uh, Security Blanket. Okay. Since the premiere was on Sunday. I don't get to be on Security Blanket. I'm mad at Ariel. You tell Ariel I should. Do you watch the show regularly? Of course. You should. I I would have had you on the episode six of season two. Yeah, because that was the blowjob. <laughs> Why would I be on the blowjob episode? But that's the one that they wanted the male perspective. So oh. they. So I I was on it. <laughs> I had to school jazz about a couple of things. <laughs> I don't even want to know what any of this means. Look. <laughs> She was in the strike zone. <laughs> he was supposed to let her know, though. He did. He said, I'm about to come. Oh. Uh, all right, then he's in the clear. <laughs> Thank you. See, see, <laughs> see, Jazz thing was, I'm about to come, and then he should have said something like, move your face. Like, no. Move your face? What are they, 15? That's, and that's what See, Ariel was on my side. She was like, he said I'm about to come. And, she <laughs> said, and, and she's still down there. And plus, she took control. Because no, she's no, the one no, that no, took no. control yeah, of Yeah, unless this is your first blowjob in your mama's basement in, in in high school. you that That is the, yeah, that's the official signal. Exactly. There she blows. And you was in a strike zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She should have had on. A, she should have had on a batter's helmet. Yeah, or, or or you know, either lean into it or get out the way. Like, look, she leaned a little bit too much. Oh, she got pink eye. Oh no! Which is that a thing? Yes. 
Damn. I mean, not always, but yeah, sometimes it can. Damn. You never. I mean, no, nobody get pink eye. Oh, maybe not pink eye, but you can get you get some in your eye. This is all terrible. This whole line of conversation is terrible right now. You know what's the weirdest way I ever got pink eye? It wasn't this way. <laughs> oh, now I know this shit ain't going on before the episode. Is <laughs> it? Uh, what is the weirdest way you <laughs> Woo, what are you about to tell me? We have we have talked up something this morning. We have been talking this morning. I don't know what is or is not gonna go in front of the episode. But if y'all could hear the wild shit we've been talking about this morning. Woo! We should tape in the morning more often. <laughs> All right. All right. No, Lynn. I don't know the weirdest way you've ever gotten pink eye. See, see, it's, 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 it's a little anticlimactic. <laughs> As opposed to... <laughs> The other big hot story we were just talking about, <laughs> which very much had a climax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One day I was eating crab legs. <laughs> Hopefully, the last story had nothing to do with crabs. No. So, so I was eating crab legs. <laughs> right. right. And you know they use all the obey and the butter and the stuff like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. On there, and apparently I inadvertently like wiped my eye with all the oh, obey and stuff. Oh, my... see, that's because you're not from Maryland. Yeah, what? that's a rookie move. Well, uh, well, yeah, it was just you know my eye was like real twitching. Uh huh. And I I wiped against it real yeah. quick. Yeah. And next thing I know, my, the the next day my eye was. Fucked yeah, up. you got to watch that obey. Yeah. You yeah. got to watch the old bay. So that's what it was. It was the old bay. It was the old bay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, are you sure it was old bay seasoning? I mean, I, you know, I know it's crab seasoning, but it was like old bay. I'm pretty sure. It was yeah. Old oh, bay. yeah. 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 So I, that's because that was infused with that Maryland magic. Is that what? That's not supposed to go in your eye. <laughs> it's supposed to go in your mouth. <laughs> and I'll just leave that there. <laughs> See what I did there? Do you see what I did there? And again, I don't know which part is going on the show. I don't know which part isn't going on the show. But it's levels to this thing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Uh, Well, we're back. Let's start the show. Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of the Mich- of the Michelle Mission of It's All Soul. 
Wednesdays 8 to 10 on gtownradio.com and I am joined as always by Yo what's up holla at your boy this is Len aka the Bat Triple uh, let me just stop right now <laughs> are you gonna stop right if you're, now if you're listening to this show <laughs> enjoying our show on Saturday on WPPM oh. 106.5 FM or on Monday mornings on WKDU 91.7 <laughs> FM you, I, I really thank you for listening. Absolutely. But you are doing yourself a disservice <laughs> if you are not also tuning into the uncentered, uncensored. Oh, no. It is a real Freudian slip. Uncentered. Because we need structure, Lynn. Structure. The uncensored, unfiltered, un, uh, unimaginable. <laughs> podcast that is the full version oh, of the show boy because you didn't get the preamble <laughs> and it was worth the price of admission yes. and you see what you did lynn you warned them i did so <laughs> i did but i also advertised you also advertised there there you go so if you're listening to us on michellemission.com or through apple podcast or on podglomerate podcast network then you're welcome. All right. So on this episode, (laughs) we will be talking about one of the classic films in the African-American film canon, the Jackie Robinson story. Mm. Uh, Alfred, um, Alfred Green's 1950 biopic of the legendary, even at this moment, baseball player, um, the color barrier breaking Jackie Robinson uh, stars Ruby D, Louise Beavers, Joel. Um, see if throw me all off. I just forgot Joel's. Um, I just forgot his name that plays his brother. Oh, I, I didn't. I don't consider him one of the stars. But so that's why. I mean, there's only four black people in it. Well, I mean, that's why I didn't consider him one of the stars. I don't I mean. I think he's like one of the stars. I mean, he's just, Joel uh, Flew Allen. Yeah, yeah, but he's a guy that shows up. Like through writing black movies and Jackie Robinson as himself. Yes. As himself. Uh, This was the choice of Lynn Webb. But before we start discussing this film, I I believe we have some feedback and some business. We certainly do. We have feedback and notes from everybody that's been emailing us and at Michelle Mission at gmail.com. Like and following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Mission and our Members of the Facebook uh, fan group. We also have a new review on iTunes. So let's go there. We have a review from Dark Thackeray. Hey, Dark Thackeray. Who said, five stars. Thank you. Time well spent. Thank you. Thoughtful, witty, and insightful. Oh, that's nice. The men on the mission bring films to life. Whether or not you have seen the selection they have chosen to review. The format... Two hosts riffing off each other with a subject film at the hub is perfectly suited for a podcast. And Len Webb and Vince Williams are a great match to take us on an often irreverent tour. (laughs) (laughs) You'll love this one. (laughs) To take us on an often irreverent tour through flora and fauna of the botanical garden of black cinema. Oh, thank you. They're honest and candid. But not unfair, even to the worst of films. And they celebrate the good in all. Bravo 
to the Michelle mission. Thank you. Absolutely appreciate that. That is very really well do. appreciated. Yeah, yeah, nice. Really nice. do. The, the flora and fauna of uh, the how Botan- you like that? I, I like All it. Right. La dee da. And ho dee da. Indeed. Indeed. Okay, so uh, people have been hitting us up big time in the Facebook fan group. That's where people have a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tagging us and liking us. Uh, our last show we did was uh, on Amazing Grace. Yes. From Moms Maybe. Now, we didn't get a lot of comments on that, but we got a lot of likes. A lot of okay. people really liked that show. And a, a lot of people like Moms Mabley. Uh mm-hmm. Chandra Daniels, who's actually a very a very talented and witty comedian uh, in the New York area. Nice. Actually said that uh, uh, Moms Mabley is one of her favorites. Yeah. So she enjoyed our review of Amazing oh, Grace. Oh, thank and you. Even if the film was like, you know... We had some stuff to say about the film. Sure. To, to be able to celebrate exactly. Moms Mabley's career right, on the show. Right. It was appreciated by a lot of people. So, you know, that's cool. One love on that. Uh, let's see. Oh, I know where I wanted to go. Who is the one who wrote about this? The world is yours. Ah, Catrice Greer. Yes. Good friend of mine. Known Catrice since I was, I think, like the third grade. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're old friends. Is now? I'm I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Is since the third grade, would you consider her maybe your oldest friend? Like like the longest? N- no, no. Really? I think um I've got really old friends. I, I think you, you know more information than you need. My dad used to move around a lot when he was a kid, mm-hmm. so he was really adamant that our family stay stationary. Okay. So yeah, I, I've I've got friends from you know literally from the womb. Really? Like like that, you know, you're still like my god brother was born in February and I was born in November. Oh wow! And there are pictures of us together as infants. Oh, okay. You know the guys on my street I've known since I was like the funny thing is Catrice and I met so we went to, we both went to small Catholic schools. I went to St Lawrence. She went to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth grade the schools combined. Okay. And so I said the third grade, so I guess the fourth grade. So I met Catrice in the fourth grade. Okay. So she's one of my newer friends. Cause I have friends wow. from first through third. Okay. That I still, you know, know. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but definitely one of my oldest friends, my oldest friend. And, and I, I think I'm safe in saying this is, um, is a guy named David Robertson. Okay. Who I went to me and my sister because I have a twin sister. Yeah, we went to elementary school. We started element, but our elementary school it, it was a Catholic school, Immaculate mm-hmm. Conception. And if I remember, I think it started like in a kindergarten as well. And David Robertson was in our kindergarten, and then went through Immaculate Conception from first through eighth grade with us. Okay, uh, and he David Robertson was like he was always there like and me and him were never best friends no no but no. we were cool you, we were cool right you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then when we got to adults you know you meet again either through facebook or just in the street and stuff like that and like he's still cool just still looks the exact same right you know what i mean he's he is probably like my old my oldest friend i always remember dave and yeah we definitely every once in a while shadow each other on sh- facebook yeah and it's good to have old friends it is like man. it really is kind of people that knew you before you became like your final version of yourself, mm-hmm. like the adult you. Yeah. And yeah. it's like people that knew you like you were a kid and right. Yeah, so, so yeah, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Catrice Greer. Go ahead. So Catrice, who has been great kind of re get it's, it's weird how you get to 
re-know someone in a new context. Okay. So, like, just over the past few months, it's like she's been around the Michelle mission. It's like, oh, you kind of... Yeah, you it's get to see. Neat. Yeah, it is. It's, it, see, this this was what happened. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she posted on our on our site about how there is going to be a new film that's going to be filming here in Philadelphia. Yes, based on a novel that was set in Philadelphia, the novel Ghetto Cowboy, mm-hmm. and Idris Elba is is fit to star in this oh, film. It's going to be his next film. Idris Catrice Elba's writes going to be in Philadelphia. Interesting. Catrice Rice said, I love the production idea. Why, what I am not so crazy about is the title of the film. If the film is meant to be transcendent, why not also make the title less of a didactic pigeonhole title and more transcendent as well? I get why they titled it this, but it could be better. Have more confidence that people will come to the work on their own without needing to use such a didactic, blunt title. Well, they, the, the, the name of the movie is ghetto cowboy which right. is the name of the book right, right that it's right. based on <clears throat> yeah and, you know like quickly the 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 story is about uh a father and son a father who you know raises a boy here up in north philadelphia right and uses the the idea of getting into you know even though living in an urban setting riding horses mm-hmm. as a way to bond with his son and te- teaches his son some timely lessons, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a great story. And yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing him ride, you know, throughout North Philadelphia. Um, but the name of the book is ghetto cowboy, right? That's the name of the book. Yeah. I mean, and most time when you do a movie based on a book, right? I mean, you know, I understand that, that term is, is a little loaded yeah in in fraud I, I mean so i understand people's resistance to it i i'm i'm looking forward to it though and and you know as someone from baltimore which has a proud black horse tradition and has moved to philadelphia mm-hmm. and has enjoyed the black horse tradition my my daughter's uh summer camp this year actually they're at a black owned stable so you you know i i i love I love it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I understand her resistance. I understand to that, it too. Even I'm... back to the title of the novel. Right. And I suspect that even if that was the title of the novel, there was some back and forth about that. Probably. Like, what are we going to call this? Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Regardless, I'm looking forward to it. I'm greatly looking forward for to the, it. Um, and thank you, Katrice. Yeah. Thanks for the shout out. And so much. I am looking forward so much. Yeah. So, that I am going to uh, contact. Our, um, I guess they would be our, 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 our station managers, our, our local station, station managers, managers yeah. with, at uh, WPPM mm-hmm. and, and WKDU. Why That's not just right. Use the power we, of both. Yes, let's talk to everybody and see if there's any type of way we can use our radio. You know, uh, a, you know, we're a radio show. We are. So let's try and see if we can use that to maybe. Get us an interview. Get an interview with Idris Elba. A sit down with Idris. Get a sit down with, with Idris. Yeah, yeah. That, that might be. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I suspect we might have people that would, would help us with the equipment for that for that interview. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I'm, I, like I think my wife might help us carry like the laptops and stuff. I'm sure. Yeah, you know. Or, or, or if if nothing else, she was like. I have Mr. Elba's microphone. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. I can, I can. So see. I think that won't be as DIY as set up. Oh as, no. Yeah, I think we'll get. No. We, we might have a crew. <laughs> yeah, we might have a crew if that goes through. We may even suspiciously come up with uh, cracked, cracked uh, ribs <laughs> and be unable to speak. And then we have to have guest host. Guest host. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, let's see if we can make that. We'll see if we make that happen. <laughs> and hey, happen. who knows? There may be even some show missionary out there that, who, for all we know, has inroads to Idris Elba. Hey, if you have inroads, if you can, you know, you know, you know make a make a make a make a happen, make a happen, make it happen. You know, hey, all right. I won't turn it down. Hey, not at all. So, but yeah, we're going to see if we can't make that happen. Chances are not. But we're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Ah, Walt Walterson. Hey, what's going on, Walt? Posted a YouTube link to the blackest movie my mom taught me about. It's a movie called Linda Bailey. Are you familiar with this I am film? not. Uh, Linda Bailey. A beautiful American lawyer travels to Haiti to discuss the heritage of beautiful Linda Bailey. The island is devastated by the conflict between the black president and the French who try to take over the country again. To disguise himself among the natives, the lawyer and Lydia use a brown dye. The conflict between blacks and whites is great as the war takes place. So this is the film uh, Linda Bailey, which is actually available on like in total. Like, okay, the whole film All right. is available on uh, YouTube. He said this is the blackest movie my mom taught me about. It's about the uh, Haiti revol- uh, Revolution. It's from the fifties. I know I didn't say much about this movie, but it was a black movie. My favorite scene has to do with the dogs. That was really disturbing. Oh. I also think that it wasn't disrespectful for its time. It was very mean. I've been looking for this movie for over 20 years. All right. Um, it sounds interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds definitely you know, I love weird. when people bring things to our attention. Me too. Yeah. Me Thank too. you. I was Thank actually not, not familiar with it. Me either. I'm hearing about it right now. With this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see if I can get the information about the movie real quick. Uh, hold on one second. I had it and I think I lost it. Uh, bu- 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 okay. All right. Uh, is it? Lid- oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I think I may have said uh, Linda Bailey. I think it's called uh, Lydia. Lydia Bailey. Okay. I apologize. That's why I couldn't find it. It's from from 1952. Okay. Uh, Lydia Bailey in 1802 during Haiti's struggle for independence from Napoleonic France. An American lawyer seeks a client's daughter living on the revolution torn island. It, Stars Dale Robertson and Francis and Charles Corvin. Um, hmm, it's, it's interesting. Okay, we have to check this out. It's from the fifties. All right. You know, I was planning. Yes, I know. I was planning. I think I even announced it on the last show of like going in ten years segments. Yes, back back in time. Like from because I did nineteen fifty and then go nineteen forty nineteen thirty. But seeing this. I may just stay in the fifties. May stay in the fifties. They do black films of the fifties. Hey, I think it's a really well. We'll talk about it with this. I think there are some really interesting moments in this film that are linked to it being a nineteen fifty film. So you know, yeah. So do I. Uh, let's see. Robert Monroe posted. What's up, Robert? Uh, the Hollywood uh, Hollywood Reporter. Film critic ranks Spike Lee's uneven but rich and vital body of work, including the brilliant biopic, uh, several provocative documentaries, and a campus musical, and his latest, The Black 
Klansman. Yeah, I saw he had posted that, and I deliberately did not link on it because, because you know, like these lists almost always enrage me because no one ever puts them in the order that I would have put them, right. which then gets me really angry. So I said, okay, I'm glad it's there, mm-hmm. but I ain't, I'm not even going to click on that because it's going to make me angry. So you don't want to hear? What, I don't want. I, I, okay, I won't. I won't go I, there. Yeah, but but it's the Hollywood Reporter. Yes, and it's on our Facebook group. Yeah, so you and, can check and it and out. Certainly, I thank Robert for for pointing it out. Yes, but it's I'm I'm going to get angry at the at the rankings. I got you. Greg Sims asks us a question. Okay, and I think this question is more to you, Vince. All right. So Vince, yes. So. Every black person in the Dolomite movies <laughs> yes. was a kung fu master. Here's here's the thing you gotta understand, Greg. And I don't know how old Greg is, but I sense that Greg is younger than us because he didn't know this. In the seventies, all black people actually knew kung fu. We don't like to talk about it. It was a bygone era, and we like to keep our secrets. But we all knew kung fu in the seventies. It just so happened that Dolomite caught it on film really Vince that's where, that's where you're going that song everybody was kung fu fighting it's actually documentary evidence <laughs> like every now and then you'll see a shirt and it says surely not everybody was kung fu fighting and I always say ah you weren't there because in fact everybody was kung fu fighting <laughs> So it's appropriate we're doing the Jackie Robinson story tonight, which or, or in this episode, which is based on a true story. And Jackie Robinson is playing himself. But it's the same with Dolomite. Like Rudy mm-hmm. Ray was actually Dolomite and, and everyone was actually a kung fu master. We don't like to talk about it, but it's the truth. So anyway, speaking of uh, the Jackie Robinson story, uh, Steve Tozen asked a question. What's up, Steve? What is a story slash historical event in the black diaspora that has never been represented on film that you like to see? Mm. What would I like to see that has never been represented on film? Oh, it's a lot of dead air right now because I'm I'm thinking. Do you know what you would like to see while I'm still thinking? I think I do know what I I would like to see, um, even though I think it has actually been uh, expertly done on film to a, to a degree. Okay. But uh, just reading some of the responses, uh, Sabria Hafiz said, uh, uh, Kush female King uh, Amerinas defeating Julius Caesar. The Cyclops, they would call her because she had one eye, but was a brilliant tactician. All right. Okay. I'm not even sure of that, uh, that story. Tony Bagels. There's a name. That's a great name. There's a name. Tony Tony Biggles. Yeah. Uh, Derek Bell's Space Traders from Faces at the Bottom of the Well. Yeah, that's not history, though. That's that's, that's about the aliens. Is it? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Would America, the world, give up all the black people if aliens come and offered them an absurd amount of gold platinum for them? The story of Gaspar, uh, 
Gaspard Younga, an African known for being the leader of a colony of slaves in the highlands near Veracruz, Mexico, during Spanish colonial rule, and tie it to the broader story of black Mexicans. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. And he also suggested uh, Bacon's Rebellion, how slavery and freedom were born at the same time in America. This is where they put it this is where they put it all on paper mm-hmm. and divided blacks from serfs in our colony right. in Jamestown. All right. Yes. So what would you do? Like, I have my answer now, so now I'm ready. Okay. Oh, there's a couple of more. Okay. Really, it, was, it was a great discussion. It, and it's a really good question. Yeah. Uh, Greg Sims write, write uh, the story of Joe Frazier. And, that, and that's a good one because that Joe Frazier deserves his just due. Absolutely. You know, instead of being seen through the eyes of Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Absolutely. Uh, Catrice, uh, Catrice Greer, again, she wrote uh, the, a biopic of Shirley Chisholm. Yeah, and that's way overdue. Yeah, that, 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 that's definitely one. Uh, Robert Monroe, a biopic on Stephen Fetchett. That, that would be really good. And the- Robert Monroe might be happy with next week's choice. He also suggests uh, he'd love to see Harriet Tubman's story brought to the big screen. Yeah. Now, cause, that's because another... there was a Harriet Tubman. Was that a TV movie I'm remembering? I don't even remember. Because I seem to remember there was a yeah. Harriet Tubman movie. And if there was, there's no way they did her justice. Well, no. I, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then, just to, to give him his due, Steve Tozen, the writer of this, uh, this brilliant question. Ooh, this is interesting. Um... Talked to he gave a few suggestions: the rise and fall of the Zulu Empire. Yeah, absolutely. Black punk rock in America and England. Yeah, that would be because there have been a few documentaries, but nothing dramatized. There's something to be mined from. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah, absolutely, most definitely. Uh, the Haitian Revolution and how it directly led to the Louisiana Purchase. purchase. Yeah. Uh, Steve, did you ever see the play of Free Man of Color? Or what's that? It was on Broadway maybe eight or nine years ago. It starred Jeffrey Wright and Most Deaf. Okay. And it kind of was around all of that. And Jeffrey Wright played the title character. He was a free man of color. And and it basically showed how blackness changed in New Orleans, Louisiana and New Orleans in particular, based on who owned Louisiana. Oh. And it captures that moment. Okay. With the Louisiana Purchase. That sounds cool. And, you know, basically, you know, spoiler, things don't end well. I'm sure. For this free man of color. But that kind of deals with that. That's a good one. Yeah. He also, this one really struck me. He said that Vice, the Vice Channel may have already done this. Reggae culture in Japan. I don't know if that would make for a movie, but it's certainly it would a, be interesting. And I'm, I think I've seen one or two things, like just documentaries. Yeah, yeah. He get, he gets a few other the Berlin Conference of 1884, the history of Botswana. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of cool things there. The 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 two that come to my mind. Okay. Um, one, I'm pretty sure it has never been done. Okay, and it's certainly not done on a scale that I'm thinking of. Would be the I don't know if you would call it an an invasion or a revolution depending on your perspective i guess the moors uh invading going into italy oh my god they'll never make that but yeah that'd be great that'd I be think fantastic that, because i would love to see that movie made like on like some lord of the rings oh type my, of scale good luck with that yeah i know i know but i think that would be also epic. kind of connected to the i thought an interesting moment in the film 
Yeah, oh, very true. Yeah, so but yeah, that that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I would love to see right. that. More show up with like math and soap. <laughs> take all this math and take a shower. Be quiet, Vince. <laughs> uh, the other one I think of was the the story of Move, historically from the 1970s. Oh, another one here in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say that's never going to be made, but we, and we've talked about this before with biopics. There are way too many of those players still alive. Yeah, yeah. But even but see, here's the thing though. Even with that being said, and I just saw this question, so and I, I mean to cut you out. Like, tell people who who aren't familiar with Move what that was. Well, the Move here in Philadelphia is about the the story of, and I'm going to get all the information up so people know about it. It was a Philadelphia-based Black Liberation Group founded by John Africa, mm-hmm. and, and I guess. You know, later his his wife Ramona Africa became yeah. very famous in it. Uh, they lived in a communal setting in in the neighborhood of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They were basically a, a commune mm-hmm. there that the neighborhood more or less just uprose against. Right, because With, they they weren't. Yeah, they, they clean. They weren't clean. You know, I you think know, they were abrasive neighbors. They, they they were pretty abrasive. They mm-hmm. were. Um, Walking around, they were definitely had a a, a militant bent to them. Some mm-hmm. some would say, right? Um, others would say that they were moved to be more military, right? In defense, right, of all the you know animosity that they were, their lifestyle mm-hmm. was creating for them. Because admittedly, they did have a kind of like a a very blunt lifestyle. You said right. they weren't clean. There was no clean allegedly. Inside, allegedly that's, that's what they in, said. You know, I'll house. say allegedly. That's what. Yeah. And and the thing was that while because it was a commune, you had adults living in there, but you also had children. Right. Um, and you know, then stories came bantied about against uh, about the the lifestyle in there, and basically the city, you know, in trying to stop this upbringing after the neighborhood complained after the neighborhood because complained people always leave that part out yeah they complained they and they complained more right. than it's a, a lot of people complicit yeah. in what in what in what happened in what happened well because but actually in what happened there's actually two separate events mm-hmm. because there was in the 70s i guess in the mid 70s there was an event where the city basically tried to sh- shut them down, and it, it turned into this extremely brutal shootout. Right. On and, the, on and the, do you remember that? I vaguely remember that because I was very, I was still relatively young. Mm-hmm. I just remember it kind of being on the news and people saying "move, move, move," and seeing like this whole play out, but not really totally understanding what happened. Okay. But then a few years later, when move still trying to live their life in uh, in a separate neighborhood this time uh, i i believe the first one was in north philly mm-hmm. their home and the second one was in west philly yeah because they were right on osage oh no osage mm-hmm. uh and basically the same it, same thing came up different mayor at mm-hmm. this time before it was mayor rizzo famously italian uh, mayor mm, iffy iffy relationship a sketchy relationship with racist him. Yes. I'll go ahead and, and record myself saying that Frank Rizzo was racist. Yeah, well, okay. History w- Don't history- worry. That was Vince. That well, was Vince saying. Well, history would All right, agree I'll with take you. that. History is All on right. your side. Yeah. Um, but years later, in the late 70s or early 80s, maybe, um, there's a black mayor, mm-hmm. Wilson Good. That's right. It, who's 
being challenged by move again with this whole the, basically the the same story arises mm-hmm. again and this time mayor wilson good not wanting to have a shootout right decides to more or less drop a bomb right on the house yes which basically turns into a block worth of houses on fire. Right, and, and there's controversy about how much time they told, because remember, there were children in here. Yes. And there was controversy about how much time the, the move members were given to leave, and, mm-hmm. and you know, there were reports that people were trying to leave, and people were shooting at them, and there are a lot of different accounts of what happened with move, but when the dust settled, people were dead, and that entire block was burned down. Yeah. Um, so, I would, I think Either story, and I is is ripe mm. for you know depiction. I agree with you. Like I have watched maybe five or six documentaries myself, and people can't even agree on what happened. Well, like you talking about a movie, I've I don't know if I've seen two documentaries that agree about what happened well and i don't know what documentaries you've seen i've seen one documentary on mm-hmm. it. and this documentary i think is to me i'm i'm safe i'm confident in saying that like this is a, a definitive documentary mm-hmm. about move and which is why i think that you don't necessarily need the a movie because this this documentary is actually all you need and it's called let the fire burn yes and and I think the brilliant part about Let the Fire Burn is because it is not – there is no – while it's, it, it was produced by Zeitgeist Films and directed mm-hmm. and produced by uh, Jason Oster, Zeitgeist and Jason are nowhere seen in the film. Right, Because right. the film is all archival news or other documentary footage. Right. So it takes news footage – of what of everything that happened, it takes um, footage from the the Move Liberation Group, their own personal footage mm-hmm. of what was going on inside their homes, mm. interviews done with them by them by them, um, interviews directly with Giant Africa, Ramona Africa, other members of Africa uh, of Move, former members of Move, um, but but that were all done in real time. And it all is just put together in one basically timeline of what happens. I don't want to go down that, this rabbit hole, but I've heard people dispute that documentary, though. I maybe like, they have. Like, I haven't. Right. So you know, I haven't. I, I would love to see that movie, though. I love. I, I mean, and this documentary is from 2013. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's oh, fairly yeah. recent. Yeah. Um, I want to say I was at a showing of that documentary and there was a bit of an outburst. Really? Yeah, right here in Philly. Yeah, because that's it, how I know. It, like you said, this is a newer documentary. I I don't know. I, yeah. I I found it I found it riveting. Yeah. I found it uh, educational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found I found it to be it. it I came away with it. You know, being able to in my mind, make a judgment of what happened. I felt like I had enough of the information. And it's something we don't talk about. Dare I say, you know, we have listeners across the country. Like we honestly, across across the world, world. like we honestly do. 
that's not a humble brag. And I suspect there are people listening to this that this is the first they've heard of this. Oh, I, yeah. And this is very much on the level of something like Ruby Ridge mm-hmm. or Waco. Mm-hmm. And unlike Ruby Ridge and Waco, this happened inside an American city. Twice. Like, this wasn't on the outskirts. This one, no compound. Mm-hmm. Like, this affected, a, like, you know, my first Philadelphia apartment was three blocks away yeah. from the move block. Yeah. So, I would love to see it. You know me. I'm 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 cynical about everything. There's no way I think that that's going to happen. But all right. As far as like a feature film? As far as a feature film. Um I'd like to see a film about Absalon Boston, who was the first black whaling captain who had a crew of black sailors who whaled. Oh. And if anyone kind of knows anything about whaling, there's a whole there's a whole deal with black whalers. Like that was one of the few occupations in 19th century America. Okay, so this is from the 19th century. Oh yeah, yeah. This is because I don't know this story. Oh well, it's it's. I mean, that's the story right there. Absalom Boston was uh, um, he he was the captain of a whaling ship, 1822, mm-hmm. and it was an all black crew. And whaling was a profession that black men could basically get a fair wage because if you know anything about whaling, it's damn near suicidal. Yeah. Like like you know, yeah. these men on this boat and and you know, going after this giant creature that we know now, but I suspect whalers knew it then that are smart. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing. Like you're not hunting some big dumb animal. Right. You're hunting a smart being trying to murder it and the word has got out. And they were you you know, even in the novel Moby Dick there's this whole, if you're paying attention, this whole commentary on how it really is a meritocracy mm-hmm. out on the sea during this time so that black men could move up the ranks. And Absalom Boston was a black captain. Yeah. So I'd like to see that because I'm fascinated by whaling and I'm fascinated by race and whaling. Oh, that'd be cool. So that'd be really cool. All right. All right. We've got we've, uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, get on it! Get on it! Get on it! You know, let's come on. Let's let's, let's make it. You know, the, the, you know, make this happen. Yeah. There's a lot of good movie it's, ideas out it's here. It's a lot of good movie. We ideas. don't have to keep returning to the world of you know sports or slavery or or something about World War Two and the Greatest Generation. That's apparently just white men. Or just keep you know now we got to every '80s rapper gets a a freaking biopic. <laughs> Yay. Watch all that. I'm holding out for my Kumo D miniseries. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I was making a joke, but as it was coming out of my mouth, there was a side of my head, and, and I said, you know what? A Kumo D miniseries would probably be really interesting. Signed, Kumo D. <laughs> we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Jackie Robinson, as himself, voted the most valuable baseball player in the National League. Minor Watson as Branch Rickey. 
Richard Lane as Clay Hopper of the Montreal Royals. Ruby Dee, star of Anna Lucasta. Louise Beavers as Jackie's mother. Billy Wayne as Clyde Sukeforth, scout of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now I'm playing against you in a World Series and I'm hot-headed. I want to win this game. So I go into you spikes first. You jab the ball in my ribs and the umpire says out. High flare. All I can see is your face. That black face right on top of me. So I haul off and punch you right in the cheek. What do you do? That's the Jackie Robinson story. A rich, compelling saga of the great American game. And of a man who played it according to the rules. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh, what's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. And earned its most cherished reward. It's big league all the way. In its roaring baseball thrills. It's warm human drama. And it's bold, inspiring courage. The Jackie Robinson Story, a 1950 biographical film directed by Alfred Green, best known as the director of the Al Jolson Story, which was, quote, one of the biggest hits of the 40s. Starring Jackie Robinson as himself, the film focuses on Robinson's struggle with the abuse of bigots as he becomes the first African-American Major League Baseball player. It begins with his childhood, goes through his time in college and in the Army, spends a fair amount of time with him in the Negro Leagues, and then culminates in his time in the Dodgers um, farm team before eventually moving up to the Brooklyn Dodgers and breaking the color barrier of professional baseball. Jackie Robinson story, 1950 directed by Alfred Green was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn. Yeah. What say you of the Jackie, the Jackie Robinson story? I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Missionaries who listened to the last episode heard how at the end of the, sh- the show, Vince was mocking the voice of Mr. Jackie Robinson. Is it mockery if the mimicry was perfect? <laughs> I hate you, Vince. <laughs> because I could not not hear you saying everyone is and it's that's so unfair it's so unfair oh my god 
I just had to I had to stop the film for a little bit. Cause the second he starts talking, I'm like, oh Vince. This is the All right. of an American boy. <laughs> and an American dream. That's not him. But but then you start you you start hearing every other voice. Except an old white man voice. It's, 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 anyway. Anyway. All right. Okay. That notwithstanding. That notwithstanding. Getting past Mr. Robinson's voice. Yes. Which is, was hard. Yes. Getting past Mr. Robinson's voice and getting past his apparent pigeon toad. Yes. There's something about his gait that was just really something. I don't know. Okay. Um, all that aside. I I I watched this film, um, you know, realizing that that it being made in 1950. Not only is it you know <laughs> over 50 years old, but it also is a film that it was very much made right in within Jackie Robinson's career. Right. I mean, he's still playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he's still. As a matter of fact, he's not even near close to the end of his career. I think this movie was made like somewhere in between his third and fourth season. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So he's still relatively young man, which is why they feel like, you know, he can play himself. Right. um, Basically from his college days on in this film. And knowing that along with the, the times in which this film is set, You have to keep that in mind when you're watching this film because, you know, uh, as much as we are aware that Jackie Robinson, of what he went through Mm -hmm. in uh, making his uh, making his mark in this world as the first the person to break the color barrier in baseball. You know that there's only so much they're going to depict right there's only you know um they're they 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 certainly are going to strive to to show some integrity and show they got to show you something right but they're going to be real dodgy on about where some of the 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 racism and the the violence in this film only spoken of, mm-hmm. but we now know of otherwise that um, was beset upon Jackie Robinson. They're really going to play fast and loose about where that is coming from. Right. This film makes um, is very pointed in pointing out that, you know, he didn't have it easy as a minor league player for the Montreal team for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm -hmm. And there were cities that were definitely not, didn't want him or his team to come. Uh, There were, you know, threats of riots and stuff like that. All of this stuff is spoken about. Very little of it is depicted because of the times that we're in. Right. And also because Jackie Robinson playing himself in this film you have to imagine that he is therefore having, you know, at least some say in what the story is. And Jackie Robinson 
far from a, a dummy. No, realizes not that at all. you know I can't put it all out here, right? Like this, you know, I can't. Um, and he and he doesn't, and the film doesn't, it, but it does put it out there. Uh, Jackie Robinson himself, no, he's not an actor. He's a baseball player first, sure. um, but he does, you know. He he he's not the worst actor in the world, you know. He's he's doing his job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's doing his job. Yeah. He's playing him. Uh, I was as I was watching this film, I was really struggling with my feelings on it mm-hmm. because I wanted to be cognizant of his time, but I also wanted to be cognizant of like yo, know, some of this stuff is like BS. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know the little boy walking down the street, yeah, like that whole opening <laughs> with the little boy just walking and like <laughs> down yeah. the street and then just gayfully running out to a baseball field with right. the, with with the other boys. Yeah, you know, um, I'm like, okay, what what where is like where's Rod Serling? Because this obviously is the Twilight Zone. Because right. I know that this didn't happen like this. Right, right. Even right. though there are touches to let you know that you know they're again trying to put some level of integrity into this. Mm-hmm. He runs out on the baseball fields with all the other other kids. He doesn't have a baseball mitt. Right. All the other kids have baseball mitts. Right. He has ripped, torn clothes. They do not. You know? Uh, the movie would have you believe that on every step of the journey, Jackie Robinson was, you know, just blessed yes. by all these, you know, forward-thinking, progressive white men right. in his life. Yeah. From the young man who felt it, here, kid, you can have this torn baseball mitt that we were going to throw. Oh, thank you, buddy, pal. Yeah. You know, um, to, you know, sports writers and sports recruiters who recognize his, his genius, uh, teammates who are like, hey, Jackie, they giving you a hard time? We've got you, Jackie. We've got your back. Mm-hmm. And then to Branch Rickey, who is the owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers, who it should not be left it should not be left unsaid definitely took a stance yeah you know going after Jackie Robinson i i think this was a fairly accurate depiction of branch branch ricky like I, quietly I, I well i think i think it was a, an accurate depiction of what you know what he was going for yeah I think they built him up to be a little bit more of like you know this heroic you know you know, man of the people, like yes, by God, it yes, because baseball is a a meritocracy and all this. I think they built that up a little bit. I think that's how Branch Rickey was, though. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt it. I just think, I don't know. I, as much courage as he had to show, right? There's a line in this film. Where someone says the with Branch Rickey sitting there mm-hmm. says to Jackie Robinson, you know the team may be take, uh, maybe showing a, even more courage than you, Jackie. Oh right, right, right. And I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah. I don't think so. Right, right. At the end of the day, I don't think so. Right. Because at the end of the day, if this experiment didn't, doesn't work, or if the heat gets too hot, yeah. you still are able to just fire Jackie right. Robinson. Or if Jackie Robinson gets lynched. 
Or or if he gets, yeah, yeah you just keep yeah. it moving. You know yeah. what I mean? So I don't like that line stuck stuck out to me. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. And and it bothered me because there's a part of me that again recognizing that this the times and recognizing that Jackie Robinson and it it. It's very important to remember he is still playing he's, at this he time. He is in the midst he of is the, this story. He is the midst of he, while he is Jackie Robinson, the person that crossed the, the the broke the color barrier at this time. He is still in the midst of creating the legend that is the player, right? Jackie Robinson, right? You know what I mean? Um, there's a reason why there was a, a a black person that broke the color barrier in the NBA. But you don't really hear about him because he didn't become right Jackie Robinson. Right. You know, Jackie right. Robinson, it's Jackie Robinson for two reasons. He broke the color barrier and because he was a great baseball player. He was a great player. baseball player. Yeah. You know, and uh. he was very much in the in the midst of building that legend. And because of that, you can maybe stick it to the minor leagues a little bit. About how teams are, uh, how people are treating him, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe in your mind, maybe you even then you're writing it off a little bit because it's in Montreal. And for some people, whether or not that was in Montreal, in the United States or Montreal, Canada, you you hear Montreal, you think in Canada. Right. So, you know, you're writing, oh, oh, those Canadians don't know how to treat a brother. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Um, but they, they, they can't be too too crazy with baseball as far as in the major leagues yeah. those scenes in the major leagues that's why it gets truncated very much into the yeah. end of the film it's a montage yeah like his 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 baseball career is it, professionally is really like the last 15 minutes of the movie yeah and if you pay close attention to that you'll see that dodgers uh logo emblazoned all over because you can't help it you know he played for the brooklyn dodgers you don't see a lot of other logos on the How other teams. About that? You don't see that. So, you know, because they, you don't, you don't want to put it out there how, you know, I'm putting it out there. One of the worst teams to treat uh, Jackie Robinson was Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They d- was not having it. And, they, right. and, you know, Philadelphia, they're famous for not, they don't like something. They let it be known. Ah, Philly. And they, can, <laughs> they let Jackie Robinson, they let them know it. Um, so, I, I'm I'm cognizant of that, mm-hmm. but even still, there are still some some moments in this movie that still just feel very fairy tale to me. Like there's sure. this, like there's a scene where, um, in Jackie Robinson in in his college days, when you show they show that he is like this world class athlete. Yeah, because he can play football. He's the greatest on football field. He's the greatest yeah. football player. He's darn near the greatest track player. Yeah. And actually, there are tales of his Jack. Right. These, track it, it's all true about yeah. his, his athletic prowess. But then sitting in the stands is his brother who never got the chance. Yeah. His girlfriend, played by a, a Ruby D. Again, we are returning to the early days of Ruby early D. Days of Ruby D. How about that? Um, but they're sitting in the stands comfortably yeah in the midst of all these white yeah. people who yeah. turn like hey i know you yeah we race track together how's it going oh, i got myself a job i'm doing yeah. good well that's great to hear yeah. i don't know what fairy tale I, I this know. is <sighs> yeah and so so there were scenes like that that were like bumping up against me right again having to be cognizant of the time right but all in all 
I came away from this film. Ruby D, like I say, is, you know, she's Ruby D, even at this age, you know, not given much to do. Even at this this part of her career, um, she's still, she's Ruby D. She's a good actress. She's real pretty in the dress. Okay, and she's a good actress. Yeah. Louise Beavers. Louise again, Beavers. Again, we see Louise Beavers. Yeah. Um, we you saw know. her in Imitation of Life. Right, you know, mm-hmm. and she's basically playing Louise Beavers. Yeah. She's doing her Louise Beavers <laughs> yeah, thing. You know what I mean? Um, Minor Watson is the person that plays Branch Ricky. Yeah. And for all his bombacity, bombacity He's, he's he's wearing it well. Hey, he's the best actor in the movie, probably. Yeah. To be, to be fair, yeah. him, him and Ruby D probably the best things in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I come away from this film, you know, wanting to like be mocking of it a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But in some ways, I actually like this like this film better than the more recent film that they made about Jackie Robinson, Forty Two, starring Chadwick Boseman, right, which I still haven't even seen. Uh, I, I I can't say that I enjoyed the movie, right? But I can't say I wholly hated it either. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, let's be very clear. Like, like hopefully this isn't like a, a person's first episode of the Michelle Mission, mm-hmm. and they know that that are that in in generally my mocking of Jackie Robinson's performance in this film is is completely out of love and 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 affection be, because you know. Jackie Robinson really is a giant. Yeah. In the race. Yes. Like like he really is. And and when you read about Jackie Robinson and you read about everything that he achieved mm-hmm. and the way he went about achieving it. Like you said, you, you, you can't even really like it's it was fascinating to me that they said he was in the army and then he was out of the army. But you know, obviously there's no mention of the fact that he got court-martialed. Right. Because he got into an issue a with a racist yep. uh, bus driver. And, and and you know, the fact, like you said, he, you know, part of the reason he's Jackie Robinson is is he broke the color brand because he was a damn good ball player. Mm-hmm. And he was. But pretty much any baseball historian will tell you, like, Branch Rickey was had been they say it in the movie like he had been scouting the negro leagues for a couple of years and also scouting down in mexico down in mexico and like he said but everyone acknowledges there were better baseball players oh yeah in the negro league Mm -hmm. than jackie robinson but jackie robinson had the intellect he had the temperament Mm -hmm. he had the self-control he had the maturity yeah and he was a hell of a baseball player so that he could do all of these things. I, I think my relationship to this film changed, frankly, like an hour before I came over here to tape when I was looking up some stuff. And I, I read that. So at the end of the film, he goes to Washington and appears before a Senate committee. And they never say what's going on. But in real life, he appeared before the the Senate for Un-American Activities. So the Senate Committee for Un-American Activities. And remember, this is 1950. So Deep, this, right in the heart. And we are really starting to get into the Red Scare yep. here in this country. And then yep. I realized, oh, the Jackie Robinson story, this is a propaganda film. Yeah, well, yes. And once you kind of realize it's a propaganda film, it helped me reorient the entire thing mm-hmm. so that, like you said, the way they deal with racism, which is very lightly, 
this is all part of the overarching reason for the film in that we're trying to come together as Americans, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and fight against this communist agenda. The other thing, as you said, Jackie Robinson is still in the midst of being Jackie Robinson. So he's still facing this racism. He's still facing this hatred. He's still facing all of this stuff every single day, not just on the field, but off of the field. And Jackie Robinson really had to figure out a way to negotiate these spaces. And, you, you know, like like you talked about, um, you know, these Conley white men throughout the film who kind of help him. There was a bit of a pushback, though, like like initially when they wanted they like two studios turned this film down because they wanted them to change the story so that a white man actually taught him how to play baseball. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And and the makers and Jackie Robinson were like, well, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Like so even the parts where you know where the guy gives him the glove and then you know and then the, and you know when he plays first base and the first baseman comes out and Jackie Robinson is like why would he do that and it's like because we're a team. Yeah, he's a team player. Like all of that has sort of been negotiated. As a film, you know, this is I think it's 72 minutes, 77. This film feels like it's on for 6 hours. <laughs> Like, this is a long, born-ass movie. Like, as a movie. Like, this is a movie. Like, if you just look at it as a movie, it's like, dear sweet baby Jesus, is this still on? No, it's not. The baseball scenes are nice because it's nice to see Jackie Robinson play. But, boy, if they are not on the field, it is a drudge. Okay, but you understand it better when you understand the purpose of this film. And again, the purpose of this film was to serve as this sort of platitude Mm -hmm. to America. And even within that, I do think that there are interesting moments. I, I think, you know, within this appeal to America and Americanness, there's this wonderful exchange where where the Brooklyn, you know, the Branch Rickey is talking about bringing up um, Robinson to the actual Brooklyn Dodgers, like from the farm team. And a group of Brooklyn Dodgers say that they're not going to play with them. And Branch Rickey, you know, they sign a petition. And Branch Rickey gets all the guys who've signed the petition and gets them in a room. And, and he talks to one guy and he says, you know, Aren't your parents like where are you from? And the guy says, you know, I'm I was born here, but my parents were Italian immigrants. Right. And he says, and when your parents came, did someone stop them from doing what they had to do to get you here, basically? And and you know, this first generation Italian American says, No, they didn't. And then Branch Ricky says, Well, how are you gonna tell somebody whose family has been here for two hundred years? Yeah. That they can't, that he can't follow the American dream like your family did. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, I just joked about it being on for six years. And, and I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, hope, hopefully people know, like, good naturedly teasing Jackie Robinson. But my head shot up when he said that. And I said, whoa. Yeah. Because this contextualizing of black people's Americanness versus other immigrants 
especially white immigrants, mm-hmm. is something no one likes to talk about. Right. Like people get very sensitive about my family is American and my family has been here since, you know, 1903 and they came over through Ellis Island and they had nothing and this, that, and the other. And then a black person says, yeah, well, my people have been here since 1645. Right. So I don't really like, let's not play the who's more American game. And people are sensitive about that in 2018. Mm-hmm. So to hear something like that in 1950 in a film that, again, is a propaganda film, is a propaganda film. And, you know, not for nothing. I think in 1950, Italian-Americans were an easy target. Yeah. Like like they were yeah. very much at the bottom, you know, maybe maybe Irish Americans, too. were at the bottom of the totem pole of whiteness. Mm-hmm. But even saying that, I thought that was striking to hear that in the in the midst of it. And then, you, you know, I, I have to say, obviously, you, you have to read the fine print. But this notion of of black people being drawn to sports because it is a meritocracy. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, yeah. you can't cheat me if I'm faster than you, if I'm stronger than you, if I'm more skilled than you. Mm-hmm. And everyone is watching. I mean, obviously, you got to read the fine print. But this is something that has been a part of African Americans in sports forever. You, you know, Arthur Ashe talked about this in the 70s, about black people in sports. So I appreciated seeing that in a historical context like like you know i think a lot of us are quick to kind of write off black people in sports and you know it's always some people running and catching a ball and you know certainly i have said similar things in my lifetime but i think that there's something more to that to the the appeal of sports yeah to black people and i appreciated that being part of this film yeah you know it seems like you were a bit more charmed with Ruby D than I was like like Ruby D like as she's very pretty in a dress. I'm saying I mean like, admittedly but, she's not given anything yeah, she's to given do nothing and and you know I think part of my my disappointment is that I know Ruby D as an actress is capable of so much more. Yeah, but I then, mean but you know it's she's Jackie probably like 20 years old in yeah. this film. The, the the actually what um struck me watching Ruby D in this film and realizing that it is from 1950. So, you know, like it really like just hits you in the head of like how long Ruby D has been in the business. Right. And how she has, you know, seen how the business has changed or lack of changes in the business as well. Um, and just seeing how much that probably even more so enforced uh, and uh, um, you know, uh, spoke to like the roles that she would take on mm-hmm. and her position in Black Hollywood. That's that's really what I was just sitting there watching, like you know, the Queen on her rise. Right, you know, right, right. Oh yeah, and 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 maybe maybe and to 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 your point, maybe I'm I may be guilty of looking at her maybe through those starry eyes a little bit. Right. And I mean, but to your point, it is fascinating. You, you see that she's in the same film and I don't know if they shared any scenes, but she's in the same film with Louise Beavers. Who's very much, they are in one scene together. Okay. And Louise Beavers is very much a representative 
of, of the day. Of, of the prior yeah. generation of yeah. black actors. And you you're absolutely right. This is um this is the beginning of Ruby D. Like like I think like when I think about the the career span the career breaking role for Ruby D, it, you know, I always go to a raisin in the sun. Mm-hmm. And that's almost a decade after this. Right. So you're you're absolutely right. But but you know I mean and uh, it's the Jackie Robinson story. I think you know, like you said, Jackie Robinson is not an actor. No, he's, not. he's just one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. So he'll just have to deal in a and again a giant in Black America. Mm-hmm. So he'll have to deal with that, I guess, yes. on his resume. And um, and again, I think Jackie Robinson, when you read about him, is hyper aware, yeah, of the environment that he has to navigate. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that even that speaks to the woodenness that everyone, like every crit- every criticism, every review of this film ever made says that his performance is wooden. Yeah. But I would argue even that is a reflection of this mm-hmm. utter and complete control yeah, people- that this man has to have. Because one of the things that now this is something I, I will give that is in forty two that's not in this film and I can understand why it's not. Um, that in forty two it speaks to how and I forget the character or the actor's name, but there was a um, a a black sports writer mm-hmm. who befriends Jackie Robinson and basically tells him about how he has to you know like yeah Brant Ricky is telling him how you got to be on the field. But he's telling them, like, you know, how you've got to deal with these reporters, how you've got to deal with the public as well, because the public is looking at you. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at you on the baseball field, but they're also looking at you when you're in the store. They're looking at you when you're on on the streets and everything like that. And you've always got to be cognizant. And it's going to be hard, dude. Yeah. It's going to be real, real hard. But this is what you've got to deal deal with. Um, And that is, I think... It's shown in the movie by just you seeing him how he how he deals with all this stuff deals like with those KKK guys right. that come up, which was actually pretty funny to me to see those, a couple of those guys playing KKK guys because those, those are guys that I know I know actors famously from Three Stooges right shorts <laughs> right right so right. I'm like. <laughs> are you taking these bumps seriously? Right, right. Like Mo could beat these guys. Right. I'm pretty sure Jackie could take them. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you see him, because the other thing that you forget, because you always see Jackie Robinson with other baseball players. Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson was not a small man. No. So w- there is a scene where he sends his wife away, and like film history and and sort of the the language of film. Like I was saying. Is Jackie Robinson about to beat their ass? Because when he told you, he's like, you know, you go over there. I need to handle this on my own. I said, Lord, is Jackie Robinson about to take that suit jacket off? Because he's a big dude. Yeah. And and like you said, he's still a baseball player and an athlete. So he's also very aware of that. Yeah, very much so. And 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's. it's it's not much, but I, I like the film. I, I'm not going to say I like the film, but I have, yeah, me neither. I have complete and utter respect for the film. Yeah, I do too. And and I have, um, it's sort of like like it's sort of like the thing like 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 you can tease 
your brother, but like no one else can tease your brother. Yeah, exactly. Like if I heard anyone else making fun of Jackie Robinson's performance, I, I think I might get defensive. Like in this space, I'll make Jackie Robinson jokes. Right. But don't like don't really play with me. Yeah. With Jackie Robinson. Because again, I have nothing but respect for what that man did mm-hmm. at this moment. Mm-hmm. And basically to the end of it, it's it's funny, we were talking last week about the seventies and the challenges that a lot of people went through in the in the seventies with changing, you know, sort of mores and, and values mm-hmm. as far as expressing your blackness. And and Jackie Robinson dealt with that too, specifically with the the sixty eight Olympics. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there was a huge thing in the in the late sixties, early seventies, and the athletes who became more outspoken. And Jackie Robinson oftentimes seemed like he was on the wrong side of history, but you really just had to look at it from his perspective. And and you know, I I, I think there are people who said things about Jackie Robinson in the late sixties and early seventies. That in 2018 they're ashamed of themselves. Oh yeah. So no, I'm talking about black people. Oh no, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black people that said things about yeah. and 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 you know you almost like I almost like I feel like everyone should see this movie. It should. You know, like see, see but see, I I feel like now, that too. Now, that's a tough movie to sit through. But it's this a tough a movie, movie to sit through, and also you know, if you're not looking at this film. Through the right perspective, through the right lens, mm-hmm. it is an easy film to mock. Yes, to joke, absolutely, at, to dismiss, to yeah. be dismissive of. Yeah, absolutely. And and I feel like I feel like you too. Like it's a film that people should see, but maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you need to just see a really good Jackie Robinson documentary. Yeah, because I don't know if. You'll you'll appreciate the the story right watching it in right this, and maybe in the midst of the documentary when you get to this moment drop in the film and like watch the whole film I mean it's, I it's a, I mean it's an hour like it's an hour you see but I'm I'm telling you Vince there are some there are some there are some cringeworthy moments in this movie yeah but I think if you look at it as a an, a propaganda film. And you see it scenes the whole film though whole film no scenes. okay I mean that's fair you know I think you know you know I'm always trying to push a whole movie on people and I'm I trying to push it but but I, I completely it's as a film it is a drudge it really is but as documentary evidence of Jackie Robinson's life I think it is instructive yeah especially ironically enough by focusing on Robinson's performance yeah because again i think part of the woodenness is is he's just not an actor but part of it is also this is robinson in 1950 right and you got to remember that so he does not like jackie robinson does not move one inch Mm -hmm. without having run it through his head a million times about what this means yeah where who's going to pull this apart who's going to who's going to pick this apart how does this represent the race exactly like i don't want to because that's the other thing like i don't want to mess this up Mm -hmm. for the race yeah so i have to make sure that everything i do is right and exact yeah and you know when you're an actor 
you I mean you know you have to have a, a certain amount of fluidity right to you for you, you. got to be able to just sink yourself into the character right but into the moment of what that's being depicted and he, he can't afford right that. he can't afford to do that i think um like i said i didn't see 42 i'm a big there was a film like two I don't even know if it was 2000 something, but Andre Brower was in the court martial of Jackie Robinson. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it was, it's like a TV film. It was like on TNT, I think, but it was about that, that, the, that, that where right. he was court martialed. I actually like the HBO movie from, um, about 15, 20 years, even soul 20, of the game. soul of the game. Yeah. That was good. With, uh, Delroy Lindo mm-hmm. playing, um, he played, uh, uh, Satchel, Satchel Page. Satchel Page. Yeah. And I just forgot who plays Jack. Is that Blair Underwood? Yep. Blair I Underwood. think Blair Underwood plays Jackie Robinson, but I think that does a really good job of framing why Jackie Robinson was chosen. Exactly. Because again, it was what he was Blair. It was well known in the Negro leagues that something was coming, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that everybody was sort of and like I said, there were there were, you know at least half a dozen players, yeah, who were better players mm-hmm. than Jackie Robinson. But that's I mean that's just part of the package. And then let's let's put it also out there: it was half a dozen half a dozen black people that were actually better actors in this movie. The guys that played his. Negro League, um, and by half, you mean every single solitary black actor in the film? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they were, they, 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 well, I mean, because like, they, well, they were actors. But I'm saying, I'm saying those scenes were actually kind of, you know, I, I woke up on those scenes. The the, the Negro League, the scenes, Negro scenes you know, on the bus. Yeah, yeah I was kind of. Yeah, they were kind of fun. I was there, but then you know, Jackie has to walk into the diner, and it's like, oh, please. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so if, if you need any more <laughs> indication of of the of who Jackie Robinson is and and if you're not a sports fan you may actually not be aware of this but the first professional athlete in any sport to have his number retired across the entire sport wow is Jackie Robinson? You you weren't aware of this? I, no, I was I not. You're not a sports. Fan. I'm not. Yeah, not sporty. Like I just know the social part. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Robinson in 1997, his number 42 was retired across all of Major League Baseball. The last player that was allowed to wear number 42 because he was wearing 42 at that time was Mariano Rivera, who was the closer for the uh, New York Yankees at the time. Okay, and when he retired. That was essentially the last number 42. 42. Nice. And it is so significant that on Jackie Robinson Day, every once a year since then, uh, across baseball, every player wears 42. No, I did know that. Yeah. That, that is the significance awesome. of what Jackie Robinson uh, mean so for all of you people who do sometimes make jokes of Jackie Robinson and say like you know ugh, you know like you know talking about what you would have done yes know, yes what you would have done yeah well what you would have done was mess it up for everybody else <laughs> that's what you would have done you would have been that <laughs> that's what you would have done I. Because you was not that brother named Jackie Robinson. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Respect due. Now, you may have been a better actor than Jackie Robinson. 
You probably weren't a better actor than Jackie Robinson either. Let's be honest. This is a country that sometimes is difficult for the Negro American. But if if we just work hard and do what we're supposed to do, we can all achieve the dream of America. Do you think he had it in his contract that he like, um, or like his? His actual wife had it written into his contract that he was not allowed to touch Ruby D. <laughs> like, I don't think they hold hands. They don't hold, but she remember she was massaging his shoulders. Okay, that's true. Because that was all that scene. I said, oh, that's true. That's true. Because again, he's a big old huckabuck of a man. <laughs> like, damn, Jackie Robinson, why are you so big? I forgot about that scene. Yeah, that's 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 a scene right there. He's like, hey, hey, that's enough of that. Right, right. Getting out of these colors making love. (laughs) He ain't ready. Like, you saw more Jackie Robinson in a Jackie Robinson story than you did Carl Weathers in Action Jackson. Certainly was less greasy. Um, All right, well, that's our review. So, would you recommend it? Wow. I guess that. I mean, that's part of the show, Lynn. Oh God! I can't believe he asked me the same thing he's asked 120 times. Because <laughs> I, I, man, I recommend it. Okay, it's, it's 77 minutes. Yes, it's an hour and 17 minutes. Yes, you know, watch it. But yes, but you have to watch it either with someone that you love or by yourself. Because if you watch it with an audience, you're just gonna. Well, you might have to fight somebody. Because somebody's going to say something disrespectful. Well, okay. Yeah. It, but you may find it being you. <laughs> I'm, just being, I'm just being real. Yeah, yeah. So watch it by yourself or with someone that you love or respect. But yeah, I, I, I would recommend. I, I, t- I don't know. Can we get some potatoes with those sandwiches? Okay, no. <laughs> no. No. No, you don't. Don't watch it. Watch a really good don't, documentary. Don't watch it with Vince. <laughs> don't watch this film. Watch a really good documentary on Jackie Robinson. You know, Forty Two is not a bad movie. Um, I I actually kind of like this. Uh, Forty two is not a bad movie, but I I would watch a, a really good documentary on Jackie yeah. Robinson. You know, search those out. Uh, you know, and maybe Ken Burns did a Jackie Robinson. Thing. I mean, I think the Ken Burns baseball episode of baseball on the, the Negro yeah, League. man, that's a really I, yeah. Well, there's an episode on the Negro League. There might be an episode. The, on I Jackie think there Robinson. is one. I think there is one that just focuses yeah, on. So yeah. look up Ken Burns baseball documentary. It's like about twenty parts. Yeah. Um, but it, he's got Jackie Robinson in there, and he does in Ken Burns documentary. He does actually. They are actually um very good. Yeah. So I I I would look at that. I would I would agree with you. First of all, I think everyone should know about Jackie Robinson. Yes, you should. Like like he really is one of the towering figures of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Not of America, mm-hmm. not of black America, but like of the 20th century you should know about Jackie Robinson. And you should very much there there've been like you said some great documentaries. 
I'm 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 a big fan of like I said, Soul of the Game, and, which is a good movie, and the Court Martial of Jackie Robinson, yeah, I have to look which up. I don't know how readily available either one of them are. Soul of the Game, I'm pretty sure you can get like on Amazon. Like, okay, you can get copies of it. It may be even be streaming. Court Martial of Jackie Robinson is good. There's a um, there's a really good biography of Jackie Robinson by I think Arm Armistead Romsteed. I know I'm messing up his name, but he's mm. like a great biographer. Bi biographer? Biographer? Is that right? Biographer? Yeah. Someone who writes a biography. Uh you know, I think that's great. And if you are interested in Jackie Robinson after reading all of that and watching all that, which I think a lot of people will be because again he's not only a towering figure, he was a fascinating man. Yes, very much. Then watch this film mm -hmm. because, again, I think this film, if you come at it from the perspective, like you said, this is three years into his baseball career. So he's very much in the midst mm -hmm. of of being Jackie Robinson. It's a fascinating piece of documentary footage, right? Like watching him. But if you just listen to the Michelle Mission every week, and and you know, I know some people say, "Oh, well, you said this was good," and I looked at it, and I and I enjoyed it. Like if just as a movie, I would skip it. I think there are way better films from the fifties, yeah. um, you, you know, that kind of deal with race. So there you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Um, and I, I, I lost the, the plug. I'm sorry, but uh, somebody had mentioned, you know, speaking about people that watch the show, listen and check out stuff. Someone wanted to thank us for turning them on to Good To Go. <laughs> the uh, Go Go movie. The Go Go movie. Well, we're here for you. <laughs> so you're welcome. There you go. All right, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, before we uh, tell you what we're going to be watching next week, which will be Vince's pick i invite you all to hit us up with any feedback or uh, that you have email us at michelle mission at gmail.com uh, or you can hit us up on like and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook where you can actually send us a message we got a message from from n on facebook all right who said that he is binging the michelle mission at r right now and Excellent. oh my god i just found out y'all were in brooklyn i feel jilted because he's actually he, he lives in brooklyn i'm sorry and he would have loved to have been a part all right, of that well next time next time man all right make it happen um and yeah you can like and follow us uh, become a member of our facebook fan group uh and also if you want to do us a favor uh, it's always nice to for us to go on itunes and read a review um Ratings are great, and we are a we've got tons of five star review five star ratings, which are fantastic. Thank you. Um, but a review is even better because that, believe it or not, the more reviews you have, the that's the way that iTunes feels like you know you're a podcast of note, and they get word out about you, and they start building you up in your their algorithms. Yes, but we don't need all of that really, even though it's nice. Because we're built up in the hearts of the Podgomerate Podcast Network, where you can check out our show each and every week as well, along with their host of curated podcasts just for you. All and right. this show airs as a radio show on Saturdays at 1 on WPPM 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia, People Power Media, phillycam.org, as well as on WKDU 91.7 FM. On Mondays at 9 a.m., spend your mornings with Michelle. 
All right, Vince. All right. What are we doing next week? Well, I actually want to stay in this conversation. You, you know, last week we were talking about Moms Mabley and and sort of the the reclamation of Moms Mabley and how we talked. And this week, you know, we're talking about Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned a little bit the challenges that Jackie Robinson went through with kind of changing sensibilities of blackness. And I want to do a film that in a lot of ways is a companion film to amazing grace. It's a film from 1989, uh, Gregory Hines, a very young Savion Glover. And I believe the last film appearance of Sammy Davis jr. Okay. So this is 1989's Tap. Oh, wow. A film that, you know, frankly, I don't know if I've seen in its entirety in probably over a decade, mm-hmm. but there's a scene from Tap that without hyperbole, I watch at least once every three or four weeks. Well, I think I know what scene that is. Yeah, and, and, and anyone who watches it knows the scene I'm talking about. Anyone who who's think they've seen Tap has probably only really seen this scene. Yeah. And it's a, it is a great scene. So we're going to do tap next week. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. I don't think I, I'm trying to remember. It's been, it's been probably since 89 since I've seen that. Yeah. Film. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that Gregory Hines is one of the, was a treasure. I, I completely agree. Of a man that I don't think, as much as people really appreciated him, I don't think they really appreciated Not at all. How immensely talented that man was. I agree. And we'll yeah. talk about all of that. I look forward to Next that. Next week. Next week. All right. Well, the show mission tap from 1989. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.